I do not remember ever playing a full game. Um, I remember parts of the game and, and some of the rules, but no, I remember just putting it up and it was just... just yeah, that's what everyone does. You just set it up and you make it go down a couple times and you put it back in the box and then it never comes back out again. Well, it, 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 putting it back in the box is the real game. It, yes. Because uh, it's really hard to take it apart and make it, it all fit. It's like, how did this come in this box? There's yeah. no way. Welcome to the board game hour here on What the Truck. I'm Duner. That's Michael Vincent, the dude. Hey. I'm sorry, we just, we just got in this debate. I don't know what, you guys play any board games? Remember we played the trivia game the other day. Before we went on air, we started talking about Mousetrap, classic. But uh, again, I don't know if you even consider it a board game, because I don't think anyone actually, like, plays. Mousetrap? Yeah. I, I don't know anybody. I play, I mean, my girls and I, they love it, but we don't play it. Yeah. Well, hey, Randy, he went to the vet today. He had, his, he had another vet visit. Last time Ooh. he was there, he was 24 pounds. Yep. Here's the man right now. You actually saw him at my house about a week ago. I did. So 24 pounds a month ago. What do you think he weighs now? Oh, wow. A month ago? Wow. Was it that long ago? I'm going to go 32 pounds, 14 ounces. Under, under 37 pounds. Ring the bell for the big boy over there. And I I originally had 36, but I looked up what the average weight should be. So he's way over average. He's got those big paws. He's got really big paws. No one else will be way over average to show today, baby, because we got (laughs) Fred Waves Alan Adler. He's going to play a little trucking trick-or-treat with us as we delve into the truths and rumors about things like Tesla Semi, hydrogen, alternative fuels, Trevor Milton's jail sentence, Rivian Cybertrucks, Ford Lightnings, you know, wow. and more. Maybe Michael Vincent will come with a question for him, too. I got uh, some in there. F3 is next week, right? Freightways, Haley Vazio is going to stop in here. She's going to give you a preview of how this all works, what you're going to do. The schedule's basically finalized if you go to live.freightwaves.com, but she'll Tell us how it works. She's on that planning committee, and we're curious, too. We need a little bit of education. We want to know what we're going to be doing with all of you. We have Try and Absolutely. Pay CSO Garrett Wolf. He's explaining about uh, risk mitigation is a cornerstone of driving value in the factoring space and how fraud is ferreted out. Two key wow. topics. Nice. Then we got our, dr- our truck driving team. Back to truck ups, Rooster and Super Trucker. By the way, you know they're roommating at F3? I heard the rumor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, well, today they're going to talk about why truck drivers don't often protest. Topic that's been coming up is the rates drop down quite a bit. Why some companies ban wireless headsets if pickleball is more important than truck parking, Circle K selling medical marijuana, and shooting yourself in a corn maze. So we have a lot to get to. So why don't we? Let's tip the band. Fleets today cannot waste time waiting for driverless technology. Locomation's autonomous relay convoy systems are safe, legal, and profitable, with no federal regulations holding them back. Join Locomation for the fastest path to commercial deployment at scale across the U.S. to learn more. Tell them more, dude. They go to locomation.ai forward slash no barriers immediately after this show. Headlines. going on here well this new study asked michael vincent is they asked me this yes <laughs> is gig work killing people no that's yeah. what it says research link poor health to income insecurity is gig work just the hook on this though is this anybody who's insecure i don't know let's see brian Strait mm. says researchers found that income that insecure income earners reported a 50 percent increase in poor overall health compared to those who earned a salary the research was conducted using pre-COVID-19 data, leading researchers uh, to conclude that the health comes have deteriorated even further. Oh, well, that doesn't seem very scientific. Wow. An overall survey they took of 27 
88 U.S. adults by payments from Da Vinci. <laughs> what do they find out here? These were all gig workers that answered. And so the survey found that 63% of gig workers, approximately 59 out of the 93 million gig workers in the country, also held full-time jobs in 2020, a 19% increase from 2019. The number of gig workers who were in less than 15,000 in 2020 was 69.8 million. Wow, that's most of them. A 35% increase from 2019. That is 74% of all gig workers. The average gig worker income was 17,000. $445 in 2020, up 16,000, up from 16,926 in 2019. There's so many numbers in this thing. It's there really is. interesting and in trying to get this because 63% uh, had a job as well, right? But then their household income, 50% of the gig workers here, uh, their household income was only $50,000 a year. And 6% were at $150,000 a year. The average U.S. household income, for example, in 2020 was 68000 700, according to the Census Bureau, right? So the income security, it was a component of precarious, which is a component of, of precarious work, was found to be associated with physical, emotion, emotional, and psychological health, including self-reported depression, anxiety, hypertension, weight gain, weight gain illnesses. I can imagine that that's true, right? When compared to those working annual uh, salary positions, daily pay, hourly pay, and PRP were all significantly associated with higher odds of reporting fair to poor self-reported health issues, the researchers noted. Okay, so I'm, I'm sure this has to be the case with anybody who's not making at a certain I think if level you're in that income, income right? level, that's the issue. And, and maybe it's even more so in this just because their household income is so low that they're depending on this gig to really yeah. get them through. And maybe that's the buffer. I don't know. I, I mean, at 17,000, it, it would appear that most people would be using these jobs to make supplemental income. Yes. But I think this is also saying that what they're working nine, 19% are working more in those full-time jobs. And that's really taking well, a toll on the health. Well, part of it also said that gig workers tend to work longer hours. Right. And so they don't take their their personal time to, to really take, uh, you know, for health, physical and mental health, you know, take that be with family, that type of stuff. Interesting. That was part of it that was in there as well. So, well, hey, you remember the big broker versus trucker rate debates of 2020 and all that led to that? Let's uh, yeah, you, uh, I do. You know, half a dozen truckers sitting in front of the White House for a few days, all these different talks of protests. Yeah. Some started, but they're all like really kind of small. Yeah. And it also got a petition started. Um which yes, is uh, this broker transparency petition. FMCSA, they're targeting 2023 for a decision on that. These things take a while. Like we said, it started <laughs> in 2020. Awida put this thing out there, uh, requested the regulations on broker records be amended to require brokers to provide an electric copy of transaction records automatically within 48 hours after contractual service has been completed. It also requested the FMCSA prohibit brokers from including contract provisions requiring carriers to waive their rights to access their transactional records. And that was actually getting a little bit worse during the pandemic, right? Everybody yes, was, was so uh, in a rush to get capacity and space that, yeah, waive it, whatever, how much of it costs, just get this stuff moving. Yes. yes. That sort of changed. So it's an interesting time for this to be coming back up into the debate. It would have been a little maybe passe last year, but I think things are going to get heated up. Spencer over at Owida, he said, Owida's recommendations to enhance compliance are not attempts to control rates or impose burdensome requirements, but would simply ensure the motor carriers have access to documents that they have a right to view. Yeah, and they do have that right to view. It is now requiring to actually give it to them because they can request the stuff. Yeah. But meanwhile, so the TIA counterpunches, right? So months after the FMCSA's comment uh, requested Owida and these others go in these, position, uh, the, uh, these petitions, own, right? TIA filed their own and wants yeah. to petition 
they want to repeal the current provision uh, in the regulations that gives carriers the right to view the brokers. Not only do they want to eliminate the or stop this, you're going yeah. to have to. They want to eliminate your well, right to even see it. But here's what the two parties represent. Awida represents the independent <laughs> driver. DIA represents truck brokers. Truck brokers. They they represent <laughs> the other side. So obviously Conflict they're going to be of at, interest. Be at odds. It's pretty obvious. Here. Their argument is that it it goes against the ICC, uh, the Interstate Commerce Commission, when it deregulated trucking in 1980. The intention of that yeah, it's going to slow things down. What's it really going to do? What What do you think? Is this is this impactful? Look, we're so capacity driven. We're so market driven in this business. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are you really are co- are companies really going to spend a long time sitting around auditing all of these? broker transaction records i mean maybe they will you do it on the ocean you know you like steve ferrer out there somebody will somebody will somebody somebody will make money off of it i don't know that it'll help anything with anybody and it because here's the thing here's my litmus test on it it only comes up when truck drivers aren't making any money sure or when the court takes forever yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean because the whole thing came about back in 2020 when they were all lining up at the white house and wanted floors on on uh on pay then when they started making four bucks in a mile Suddenly, that wasn't yeah, the other issue. end of the market came in. Yeah. No one seemed to want to talk about that. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Anyways, exactly. let's get to a little. Uh, you know, it's almost Halloween. Let's get to a little trucking trick or treat. Ooh, their boy Alan Adler is Detroit bureau chief, Ooh, Midwest some... bureau chief over here at Freightways. I, I believe he moved. He was moving earlier in the month, wasn't he? Did you I, finally I move, he Alan? Was. He's got some spooky lighting. Clo- closing is tomorrow, fellas. Oh, nice. Tomorrow. Yeah. Did, should I show my Halloween thing now? It's not a pumpkin. Whatever it is, show it to us. Go yes. for it. What is it? Here it is, brothers. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, The Batman? Long Halloween. Oh. oh, it's a great graphic novel. This is, is a classic. Now, is that Batman Begins? Is that, is that similar to that storyline with uh, like the Scarecrow in it, and he's making everyone go crazy in Gotham? Uh, this has got this has got lots of you. This is actually um, the bad guy is oh crap, I can't remember who it is right now. Anyway, it's a great book. It's a great book. Uh, Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, very very good uh, uh, Batman guys. So. I just thought I'd bring wow. that in. Well, Alan, today we're going to give you some sort of rapid-fire questions. You're going to tell us trick-or-treat and why. And these are some issues that have come up throughout the year. A lot of people debating online whether they're myths or facts or what's going to happen. So we want your expertise here. You ready? Go for it, brothers. All right. Tesla will deliver their first batch of semis to Pepsi in December. Trick-or-treat. Treat. Mm. Oh, that one's... <laughs> That's you, the, you, you had to start there, didn't you? You had to start there. I think it's a treat. Well, everyone, because everyone, there's been some naysayers that say it won't, but I, I think we've seen enough on the road now, I, and I, they I just it, I think it approved. will happen. But but beyond the 15 trucks, don't look for a lot more. Yeah, oh, I mean, as we really? see, like in EVs, right? Uh, EV projection numbers on sales <laughs> tend to be uh, more tr- trick than treat usually. Right. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. And they're only starting to get built now. So I think I think the 15 is is a treat. Beyond that's a trick. All right. What about this? Oh. By 2025, Tesla will sell more Cybertrucks than Ford sells Lightning. Trick, 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 trick. Ooh, really? Yeah. I Ford Ford knows how to build trucks. Uh Tesla hasn't proved that it does. Ford is what, 45 straight years of more pickup trucks than anybody. Everything I've been seeing, um, I, okay, I've seen a few naysayers on certain th- aspects of the F-150 Lightning, but generally it looks like a winner. So, yeah, that's not even close. Wow. Here's, here's my favorite question. I did not write this. What? Dooner did, but because I love this truck. Rivian will rebound from early recalls. 
Rivian? Uh, yeah. yeah, because they, they have Amazon as a customer. Amazon will see to it. Yeah, but Amazon go. has put companies out of business by stopping to work with them. I mean, isn't Rivian, if they have so much it's of dangerous. their bite mm. in the basket, like, no, hey, it, that could be dangerous. Well, I think it's the difference is they have equity in Rivian, like 20% or roughly. Mm. I don't know if that's the right oh. number, but they're, but they're an owner. And it's a little different when you mess around with you and your FedEx and your, your UPS. You say, well, we're not going to play with you anymore. They don't have ownership stakes in those companies. So I think, I think you know, this is a captive for them. What do they invest more in, Rivian or Ring of Power? I don't know. What is Ring of Power? I'm sorry. Rings of, Rings of oh, Power. Oh, is that That's content. a great series. That's content on there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah, not a, I love it. I love it. Well, how much do they invest in yeah. Rivian? We can find that out right now. How much did Ring? I'm, I'll look up Ring of Power. You tell me Rivian. Uh, what, they invested? I, I, yeah. I don't know the number. I think it was 700. Uh, oh, golly. No, I don't I don't have a number. But it, but they invested around the time Ford did, and they stayed in, and Ford, I think, pulled out. Well, it's 500 but, uh, million. Ring of Power, 500 million to produce The Lord of the Rings. Wow. Okay, check me, but I think it was seven hundred million in Rivian. I believe. Okay. Check me on that. Which is the better investment? Yeah, which is which one do you think will be the better long term investment? <laughs> well, they're taking a seven point six billion dollar loss for the on economy, Rivian. Michael. <laughs> yeah. Michael you know, which one does more for the economy? Right? Uh, yeah, sure. The Rivian, <laughs> the Rivian <laughs> investment, the ring, ring thing, right? Yeah, it definitely rings the power right, better the, for the economy. Well, the, Riv- yeah. the three seasons by by the third season of Ring of Power, it will cost as much as their Rivian investment. It was one point three billion dollars into Rivian Ring of Power, five hundred. That kind of says something about both. I love them both. I can't but wait to have a Rivian. I will buy one, and Rings of Power is solid. I recommend it to everybody. Okay, how about this one? Yeah, we the, hear- the, the, the Rivian, let's remember, when I mention Rivian, I'm talking about what Amazon wants with them, not the pickup trucks and the no, SUVs. I, want, I mean, they've, I want made, the pickup they've made a lot of misfits over there. I you want know, the pickup Raising truck. prices and backing down and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. But, well, yeah, but the, the kitchen. The you can pull the kitchen out from how about this? Hydrogen and hydrogen trucks will become a serious contender in the trucking space by 2030. Oh. Treat. Mm. Ooh, really? really? Treat. When's it going to start you, rationing up? You have up? to define serious, okay? I mean, I wrote about one of them today. Interestingly enough, it is not just a fuel cell truck. It's actually a parallel hybrid, meaning it has a pretty good-sized battery in it as well, so it can run on either um, I, I think I think hydrogen is coming, really coming, not just ten years away. Um, but when you say serious, you have to define serious. But I would say it will be a player by twenty thirty. Yeah, one of the difficulties of it, though, is the hurdle is the production of it is not very green of hydrogen. Well, right, uh, but you've got you've got incentives now through the uh, through the uh, uh, infrastructure. Well, sorry, IRA through IRA that basically offsets the cost of doing green hydrogen. It's about $3 a kilogram more, and that $3 a kilogram is there. So you could do green hydrogen. You won't, but you could. Right. All right. right. Trevor Milton will be out of jail by Halloween 2025. Nope. I mean, trick. No, he will not. How, how long do you think he wow. will serve in this one? I, I think a lot of us, you know, you think white corporate crime, they probably got, call it crime. Right. Um, he'll hate me for this. Uh, the sentence is probably seven years. He'll be out in four. Wow. wow. All right. So 2026, we were just a year early. So he's not going to get that yeah. near that full yeah. 20. He'll be closer and, to the and bottom. I could, hey, hey, that's my guess, okay? Based on, based on getting convicted on three charges, each of which has up to 20 years, I, I think he's going to do time. 
Mm. Yeah. How long in jail before he becomes the guy who's running all the contraband rings? <laughs> if it's club fed, probably the next day. <laughs> Thieves will stop stealing Freightliner computer modules. Uh do I have to answer trick or treat to that? They they will eventually because it just isn't that profitable. And Daimler's taken enough steps to sort of make it a, a a useless thing to do. You know, they're they've got they've got enough tracking on this now that I think you'll still see it, but it'll be it'll be here and there. It's not it's not going to be a crisis. Can't they make it like I, I remember like my first car in like the mid late nineties? It had a stereo when you could take the faceplate off of it and like hide it under your mat so it would discourage thieves. Can't can we do something like this with the Freightliner modules? Well, I think I think that you know these are mostly older trucks. When I say older, I mean cut fifteen to eighteen model. Newer stuff they they relocated a little bit, a little harder to get at. But it just isn't it isn't worth it when they tell the authorities you know what to watch for, and you can't you can't move it if you sell it, right? I mean, I suppose if you're a genius and you know how to reprogram it, but we're also coming out of the chip. Uh, shortages that led to this anyway. I mean, you know, the, mm, the, the need for chips true. isn't as isn't as pronounced now, especially for trucks and cars, as it was six months ago. Yeah, I agree. I think juggalo stealing catalytic converters will be a bigger deal next year. I think so. Than this. I think that's yeah. airbags, maybe go, go for the airbags. Yeah, that, those yeah, are yeah. big too. AVs, AVs will take over final mile delivery in the next three years. Not that fast. No. Uh, no. Gaddick is really interesting, really interesting company. I was talking with a guy out in San Diego this week who, who follows that particular space. It's funny. He says, you know, there's so much confusion over what middle mile means. Um, but, you know, he's talking about Gaddick. He, he does some work with them. And there are competitors. I think that is coming. I do not think it happens in three years. Well, you know, Amazon canceled their robot program. They had the little scout robots going down the, yeah. the street. There's a problem with autonomous final mile delivery, and that's the final footstep, right? Yeah. So right now, a male person brings it to my house within two days on Amazon. Sure. I know when it gets there. When you're talking about autonomous, I gotta walk. You're telling me I gotta walk out of my house and I gotta go what? over to some robot and do it. Like, how is that more convenient? Now, here's the thing. To that point, oh, FedEx FedEx canceled theirs, and that one could actually go upstairs and come right to your door and deliver it. Interesting. Yeah. They got rid of it. They said, forget we're it. Talking about, we're talking about answering questions nobody's asking, right? You know, they're cute. The the newer robots and the and the pizza delivery robots yeah. are really cute. But they're a novelty. They're they're not really going to help much. I mean, you know, you're going to spend more to do some of that. I do think, though, if you go back to sort of the the, the business model, Brian Straight knows more about Gaddock than I do. But I would just say that I would just say that they they're working on something that makes sense because it's very structured. It's very limited to certain mm -hmm. routes and things like that. By the way, that's what happens with all autonomy. It's going to be route based. It's not going to be yeah. everywhere all the time. Yeah, it's the tedious, consistent routes, consistent environment, et cetera, um, right. that, that works best with The Guardians oh, win a oh, World well. Series in five years. Who's that? The Guardians win a World Series in five years. Not without any hitting, they don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I love Jose Ramirez, but come on, what do we got beyond that over there? <laughs> Not much. I, Not I much. don't I don't yeah. follow your awful baseball team. I got a, an awful baseball, well, awful season of the Red Sox this year. So. I, I got a great awful. story for you though. I, I, I'm checking out yesterday. I'm checking out and checking out of the ATA in San Diego, and I get my hotel bill yesterday, and it's say at two hundred and some dollars a night. You know, I stayed about a mile away because. Well, we want to save freight money, right? We don't want to spend their money sure. in hotels. 
right. So, yeah. so I get my bill and, and, and my, and my rate for last night for, for my final night was $446. What? I said, excuse me, what? You know? So I called down dust. I said, what's up with this? I said, and I said, you really need to change that because you know, I'm not going to lose my job over this. And, um, so it turns out they did. They reversed it to two hundred and seven dollars. You know what they were doing? They thought there was going to be a game six in San Diego uh, with the Padres, and the Padres, you know, didn't make it that far. So they don't need to charge four hundred and forty-six dollars in a night when there's no playoff game. Wow, well, exposed. Alan. Hey, Alan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Are, are we going to see you at F three? Are you are you NF three? Uh, dude, I am I am moving, dude. I'm moving. Oh yeah, I know, I've that's got what I thought. Family, I've got way much going on right now, and, okay. and I just I, I just don't think I'm gonna make it. But I, you know what? I I think it's gonna be a great show. I think you know we'll be. You don't have to make excuses. That wasn't the point of the question. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I kind of do because I always get in All trouble right. for this, right? You I'm always ask me, and I always have to demure. Right? What's that? I said I'm just trying to lay hmm? you down softly, Alan. All right, we'll do that. But next time I come on, next time I come yeah. on, I will be the Midwest Beer Chief. Okay. All right. This be the last yeah, you got to change that. Thank huh? you, Alan. Take care, Alan. Have Western, a nice Halloween. Bye, Western sir. Michigan Beer Chief. Western Michigan. Yes, yes. Western well, Michigan. Southwest. Southwest. <laughs> I can make it. I hope he never gets a CDL and becomes a uh, bridge. I hear man. Chevy chasing in Moon River every time I see that. Moon River. It like missed it by just that much. <laughs> it's Garrett Wolf. He's the chief strategy officer over at TriPay, and he's here with us now. Are we looking out at Texas right now, Garrett? What's over your shoulder? It's uh, beautiful Dallas. Beautiful ah, Dallas, Texas. Go. Beautiful Dallas, Texas. What's been going on over at TriPay? I haven't talked to one of you TPers in uh, at least a month or so. Well, we've been staying busy. Um, you know, we we now focus on delivering value for just about everybody. Carriers, you know, they're they're facing the the fuel costs, the insurance costs, the driver shortage, everything that's going on. Our brokers are getting stretched because our carriers need to be paid faster. The brokers are getting stretched on the other side just because shippers are trying to uh, move out payment terms to preserve cash on their side. And so we're trying to stand in the middle, especially as uh, you know interest rates rise. So we're we're continuing to build and try to deliver value for everybody in the ecosystem. You know, our network is kind of the thing that we spend most of our time talking about. I looked this morning since January 11th, put over three quarters of a billion across our network for 78 brokers and 20 wow. factors. So there's no shortage going on. That's for sure. Wow. That's some tre tremendous growth over the past year. Yeah. It is. Um, so, you know, we, we think about growth in a lot of areas and networks, one of them, you know, we did our first $2,000 invoice, like I mentioned on January 11th, and now we've processed 358,000 of them for three quarters of a billion. But, you know, we continue to add brokers and shippers to our platform uh, to help them with their auditing and payment needs. Uh, we continue to now add factors. And then, you know, we continue to pay every trucking company that's out in the U.S. Uh, running over the road. How does risk mitigation factor into, no pun intended, what Triumph Pay does? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for us at our scale, we um, we see fraud everywhere, and, and it's going to continue to affect us, and we're trying to stand in the way to, to help protect our clients from it. So, um, you know, there's one of the ways that we see this happening is our factors are being defrauded because carriers are submitting fraudulent letters of release. And. You know, we process 38,000 of those documents every day. 
so you know we, we we get pretty good at spotting when things are fraudulent and we we help our factors out there um you know, double brokering. Double brokering is a thing that we hear about all the time. And so, you know, we're looking at different ways that we'll talk more about next week in Chattanooga. Um, so a little teaser there, but we'll talk about ways that, you know, when we stand in between hundreds of brokers, hundreds of factors, um, you know, we, we can start to spot things like double brokering that, you know, we want to make sure we help our brokers, our shippers, our factors, uh, avoid that type of fraud. You know, carriers, some are, um, we want to protect our carriers. A lot of times what happens is those accounts get taken over by bad guys and, and, and we see that. So we validate every bank account that comes across. You know, we make sure that we've got industry leading identity management. And so it's 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 everywhere. We, we place risk everywhere um, and, and we're looking to solve it everywhere. So, yeah. yeah so- so, so Garrett, tell me, how does being a bank benefit your clients and, and the network overall in general? Yeah, I think there there's a, a couple different answers. One, um, some of our counterparties, some of our shippers or our large brokers, they're just they would never be comfortable, nor would they be allowed to um, work with someone that performs our service if they weren't a publicly traded, you know, financially mm-hmm. regulated bank uh, that you know takes our SOCs and our SOC controls very seriously. There's there's an immense amount of comfort, as you can imagine. Uh, when a bank stands there and, and stands ready to make right any wrong, but also make sure that that the money is well protected, that it gets to the right place, that you know there's lessons that we've learned over the years being a bank that we can apply to the freight industry. So um, you know that's that that all helps. You know, I think the other thing is when we're in this rising interest rate environment, being a bank it allows us to step in and, and provide working capital working capital to carriers, uh, to shippers, to brokers in different ways to, to, to help alleviate some of these strains on their balance sheet and their cash flow. So it's nice in these times to be a bank because we're well capitalized and we've got uh, a leadership team that's committed to uh, doing the best that we can for the freight industry. Hey, Garrett, you got me curious. As a chief strategy officer over there, you know, market in freight is crazy. It's a roller coaster. How much does that impact the strategy over at Triumph Pay? And entering year like 2023, you think it'll change anything up? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, and it's what makes this industry fun. It's yeah. a very dynamic industry. Um, and so it will. It will continue to shape things. We, we remain very dynamic as a result within Triumph Pay. So You'll see quite a bit more about ferreting out fraud. You know, we want to make sure that we do our part to protect um, our brokers. Just as a, as a specific example, our brokers are onboarding hundreds of carriers to make sure that their freight gets moved. And it becomes a very tall task to make sure that um, those carriers are who they say they are, that they're not rebrokering those loads, those types of things. So we'll we'll do our best to stand in there. You know, we'll we'll do our best to provide working capital at significant scale. And it's just, it's just a very different, it's just a very different opportunity for a bank in, in the scale that we've got mm-hmm. than what might be available with just maybe some of the smaller competitors that we see. Well, cool. If people want to work with Triumph Pay and they like what they heard, where do I send them to? You can send to triumphpay.com um, and we'll be out with you guys in Chattanooga next week. So come talk to us and uh, you know, we'll, we'll diverge or divulge a little bit more about what we've got coming up. Uh, so, yeah, I think those are the best ways. 
Oh, excellent. We're, and we look forward to seeing you in, uh, in Chattanooga. We're actually going to, if you hang around, I'm mean, we're actually talking to this lovely lady right here about what's in store for all of us at F3, how the schedule works. It's all finalized. What's going to be happening? We're going to learn from her. So stick around and uh, we'll see you next week. Perfect. All right, guys. Looking forward to it. Take care. Thanks, Garrett. Hey, guys. What's up, Ellie? How are you? Pretty good. Good. Feels good to be back up here. It's a little weird hearing you in our ear. It's amazing. How are you doing that, talking out here and in my ear at the same time? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm in the Matrix. I know. Wow. (laughs) Double feedback. Thank ah. you. Okay, they fixed there that. We Perfect. Go. There we are. She's over here. She's been planning events. She's been working incredibly hard on F3, making sure it's it's all cool. It's all good. Yeah. Set the table for us. What is in store? What happens when you arrive in Chattanooga? This event is going to be amazing, guys. You've got to be there. It's huge. We've been planning it forever. A lot of heart went into this one. Um, the whole team, not just me. The yep. whole events team, everyone at Freight Waves. Um, so yeah, I mean, Tuesday we're kicking off breakfast bright and early, uh, 7 a.m. We've got rapid fire demos, keynote speakers, the hottest content you could possibly want. Three yeah. what the trucks on the, the, see, my thing is when they don't put me on the main stage, I just want to beat the main stage. So the Freightwaves oh, you, TV stage versus yeah. the main stage Freightwaves TV stage is what's going to happen if I have anything to say about it. Battle yeah. Royale. Oh yeah. No, we got great speakers on the main stage too. Oh, absolutely. I hope I can, I mean, it I is jam, speak to some. jam packed. I know I want to meet, I want to meet some of them. Well, who are you looking excited. most forward to? We've got a bunch of different keynotes here. I know a lot of people, know. especially know the name is Mandy Tio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably who I'm looking forward to the most, just because I just watched the Netflix documentary. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I think everybody's but, I mean, pulled that up since they saw his name up there, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> you have to. But I mean, everybody, everybody we have is is great. But you know, and then after the convention center time, from about that seven to three o'clock mark, we've got uh, Pat Green. Uh, in the in the pavilion, and then later on in the evening, Boyce Avenue and Eli Young Band, uh, sponsored by JB Hunt, our headline and, sponsor. So. And that's Tuesday, right? That's the concert's yep. Tuesday. That's is what's Tuesday. going on. Mm-hmm. And that pavilion is just so we got you know, buses or whatever we can take. Yeah. Everybody. So we'll have transportation for everyone. Yeah. It's a huge pavilion, like great acoustics. It's going to be an awesome concert series. Get everyone together. Food, drinks. Um, you know, lots of energy. So. One thing you should do is you should download the Freight Waves events app. That's yes. going to have your agenda in there. It's going to have mapping. It has a uh, it has a list of a, of speakers, but also has a list of attendees. And in the attendee list, you can put in like your LinkedIn and your Twitter and all those kind of things. But I got to tell you, you got to actually volunteer. You have to voluntarily make yourself visible. So if you go in the app and you want to make connections and you want to yeah. be visible there, go there first. It's the same place you can put in like your picture and all those different links. Um, can we go a little deeper though? What's, so what's going, so we understand, everyone understands like a regular conference. You go in there seven to whatever hour and it's just people prattling on all day. But here you mentioned that like three, three thirty, we depart, we get into these experiences and concerts. How does that work? Yeah, so I mean, we've got the the demos during the convention center time, which record breaking number of demo and oh. participating companies. So, hottest tech is going to be yeah, there. We got that, but what happens like, after that? After that, well, it depends on what day we're talking about. We've got the Eli Young Band, Voice Avenue. We've got the fun run by Arcbest early the next morning. So everybody, be up for that. Six a.m. Is it bright fun and early. running? It's. I, personally, I don't think it's fun running, but I think it'd be more that, fun. We, we, we have fun some bloody walk. marys and watch them run. That'd yeah, be yeah, fun. let's do that. Right. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, um, and then we've got Larry Fleet Yacht Rock Review. Um, wow, and there's then, a concert. Yeah, right. Yacht Rock Review in the in the park, and this is all over 
Tennessee's beautiful river, the walking bridge, beautiful weather in Chattanooga right now. So it's going to be a great time to get out, network. We're not going to be stuck in the convention center all Take day. Take the you know? walking bridge across the river to Coolidge Park. Yep. There's your rock review. Yep. Why, why Chattanooga? I mean, Chattanooga is awesome. It's a it's a little big city, you know. You've got the river, you've got the mountains. You can you can rock climb if you're outdoorsy. You got that. If you're not so outdoorsy, we have a rock climbing wall that lights up different colors. You can go enjoy that. Great bars, great food, great music, great people. Um, you know, you don't have to be an Uber for more than ten or fifteen minutes around here. Cops. So. I, I have a friend who just moved here from South Africa, and it, what he realized he's been here for two weeks. He said, "You know what? I'm only twenty five minutes from anything." Yeah, <laughs> everything, everything is great. If you go 30 minutes, you've gone too far. <laughs> great, great outdoors town. Um, lots of cool little areas to eat, to get some coffee. Milk and honey is great. Some community pie, pizza. There's lots of great local places, but, you what know. What about the aquarium? Is there something going on there? Don't we, do we have the aquarium cam? Can you show us what's happening over at the Tennessee The aquarium, aquarium is sponsored by Amazon, and it is going to be epic. Um, yeah. Our aquariums are awesome. We have two. Um, they had it on there. We have the ocean in the room. There we go. There we go. That's the ocean aquarium. I think I see Rooster the under there. There's Justin swimming by. Under. Oh, he's yeah. way in the back. Is that Rooster right there? No, he's yeah. in the back. He's oh. he, There he is. Oh, he's is he that right piece past. of coral back there? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the party doesn't stop at the aquarium either. We go after the aquarium to Station Street, which is in the south side of what? Chattanooga. Metaphora and Lean Solutions are putting that on. Drinks s'mores, music, maybe some fire pits. I mean, wow. we're oh, going right. all night. You can see me and uh, Ryan Schreiber and I have our s'more uh, making contest. Oh, yeah. I challenged him. Uh, oh, you Schreiber. Think, you think Randy Savage will show up at this event? I think it's possible. It's possible. Randy Savage loves s'mores, I'll bet. Fingers crossed. Probably Fingers shouldn't crossed. eat them, though. Dinosaur costumes? Oh, for sure. I don't know. I bet there's dinosaurs roaming. Yo, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> no, it's going to be a good time. Because there's 3,000 people at this event? Yeah, I mean, we're we're coming up to a little bit over 2,000 right now. I mean, How many people even live, like, in downtown Chattanooga? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, me too. I'm I have no idea. I don't know. But I, we're setting records with this event. Yeah, 150,000 people don't live in 150,000 people do not live in downtown Chattanooga. <laughs> no, that's not Come even. Come on, he's just... No, it does. Being ridiculous. <laughs> Tickets are still available as well. If you want to get involved, sponsorship opportunities still available. Cool. You can reach out to me, David Bradford. These guys will yeah. point you in the right direction. Um, you don't want to miss this one. It's going to be so fun, and we're so excited. Well, cool. We will see you there. We'll see you all there. If you see us on the floor, we are going to be filming of what the truck well, we're there too we're getting a ton of different stand-ups say, and everything i thought he was gonna say don't wake us up don't wake us up <laughs> hey, don't wake me up we'll be on, we but... gotta get up at like 4 30 every day for this <laughs> working hard for y'all out there anyways live.freeways.com we will catch you at the event starts tuesday ellie thank you so much for coming yeah on the show. thanks Tell for having me happening. see you guys there be Take there it easy or be hey, you want to play some trivia before we kick you off? Yeah, yeah, quick. All right, let's let's. Oh, all right, God. all right. You, are you? Uh, would you <laughs> classify like, yeah, yourself as a millennial or a Gen Z? A millennial. All right, go with the millennial. I think I'm right on here. the line. Yeah. Oh, on the this is yeah. See, I'm like on the Gen X millennial cusp. You're probably on like the Gen Z. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What okay. Yeah, I'm on the boomer line. All right. <laughs> I'm on the order. line like three lines away from there. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right. Do science or trends? Trends. <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> she said with confidence. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> the first compilation album of popular songs from various artists known as Now, that's what I call music, Now, originally started in what country? Here? Mm, no. Wait, can I go? Germany. Where all awful and great things start, the United Kingdom. <sighs> the United Kingdom. <laughs> 
It's all American music, though, right? Look at Rooster. Rooster's in, like, we can see Rooster in the green room. He just, like, facepalmed. He's like, I knew the answer to that question. Everybody knows the answer to the question after you give it. Yeah, that's unfair. What's this game? Uh, okay, so we have this guy, Joe Spizik, who's a, uh, he's built a couple different logistics companies. He was a guest on last time, and he sent us uh, a bunch of these little trivia games, and we're like, oh, cool, okay, we're a little bored of the wheel, we'll, we'll, we'll play some trivia with some people. Heck yeah. He was awesome. sick of losing as a youngster. He's sending us a box Because of all the trivia games are for old people. Well, so he's, he's not yeah. wrong. He's oh, not no, he's not wrong. Pursuit. Yeah, he's like, you gotta update all the Yeah, you gotta questions. update Yeah, and that's why, that's why yeah. it's there. All right, okay. I, have, I have a question now. Yes. Oh. The cowbell. What? What about Will it be at F3? Of course it'll be at F3. Of course it will. On the main stage? Yeah. Oh, on the main stage. I, I don't know. I'm not on the main on stage. On the Freightwaves TV stage? Uh, yeah. Of course, on the TV stage. On the live stage. And in the, the hallway. At the concert? The exhibit hall. Like, everywhere probably but the main stage. Probably the concerts, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get the cowbell on the main stage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Come hang out. All right, All right guys. Take it easy. Solid Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now it is Thank Super you, Trucker and TV's Rooster. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. You're kind of like, I, I thought it was Grace Sharky for a second there with the wig on. Uh, that must be Justin. It's Jethro Tall. <laughs> you uh, thought I was a turtle earlier. Well, your, or something. <laughs> your beard is more handsome than Grace's, so it kind of gave you away. Of course I'm Thor. What are you oh, doing? You are, are you pitching okay. Cabo Wabo tequila or something? Is that what you're doing there, Hagar? Oh, you thought you were saying Hagar. We were talking about all right, we were talking about F3, and uh, you guys are roommates there. So before we even get into all this news and other crap, we are gonna have you guys compete to see who gets to pick the bed. Oh, cool. All right, what do you guys? You guys are Gen oh, X, dear. right? We got Gen X. You want Gen X questions? Zoomers? Yeah, I'm millennial. Like, I'm right. Yeah, right. early, we'll early, go early millennial. millennial, 83. Right. We'll go millennial. We'll go millennial. 83's with a millennial? Okay. All right. Barely. All right, we got um, science. Okay. Science! <laughs> <laughs> what virtual reality headset company was acquired by Facebook Inc. for $2.3 billion? Oculus. There you go. You are in charge in the room, Justin. Rooster, you must do whatever Justin says. To to a uh, to legal limits and extents. <laughs> it's a it's a weird week. It's a weird week for you guys, right? Because you took your your wife and your kid out to uh, to Florida. They were in Delray Beach when this happened. Mm -hmm. Play this video. Thanks. I don't mm -hmm. like the. I I don't like the bleeps on that one. <laughs> uh, she, she really, she really, she really nails with her expletive. I'll, I'll tell you guys quickly what happened over there if you're not familiar. Traffic was snarled yesterday on Interstate 95 in Delray Beach, Florida. There was a three-vehicle crash, one of which was with that fuel tanker. Ooh, yeah. By the way, we were talking earlier, does gig workers kill people? One of the cars that crashed was an Uber with two people in it. Fortunately, in this incident, nobody died, but some did have serious uh, third-degree burns, so five <sighs> injuries. What was your wife saying about this one, Justin? You said she drove right past it. Yeah, they were stuck in traffic for a while. They landed in Fort Lauderdale and were heading to Boynton Beach, Florida. Mm. And I mean, they were behind that for hours. It was pretty snarled. So they didn't go by while it was flaming or anything like that? No, the the fire had yeah. already been put out, but you know, the cleanup takes forever. 
Yeah, because we were talking about that lady. I mean, she's talking about how hot it was in her car oh, sure. from those yeah. flames there that were across the highway. And we were talking about that that train in Mexico that yeah. caught on fire and that guy jumping out of there with his girl. How hot that would be too. I mean, you can't. You just yeah. don't understand that heat is like. I feel like wow. we've been looking at a lot of things recently that like just on fire. Yeah, a lot of things exploding. Yeah. I don't know. That's where the cameras have been. Uh, what else might explode is tensions between truckers and brokers. That always happens when rates go down. The closest time we usually ever get to protest is when things like that happen, not counting Canada, which was a little bit different. Um, but I think that, you know, when you're on social media, this, this debate comes up, and I think a lot of people who aren't, aren't in this, in, or even some people in this industry, but those that aren't very close to trucking, they think that trucking is like one organism. It's one entity. It's like this gigantic union. And all of you are like, why don't you all decide to do something at the same time? And it comes up in the context of protest. Rooster, you put out an article on backthetruckup.com yesterday, not encouraging people to protest, but to answer that question of why truckers don't protest. What were some of the reasons why truckers don't just say, you know what, I'm not going to make money for X long. I'm going to just hold the sign. Well, what you got is you, truckers are segmented into multiple classes. You know, you have your owner operators you have your company drivers you have your uh other ones but uh basically what happens is you can't get everybody in the one group it's like it's like herding cats mm -hmm. you know teamsters have that lucrative contract with pay and best benefits possible they're not going to do anything inside the contract the strike and protest i mean you know once that contract goes out and they're in the in the, the open territory, they'll go and strike all day. But company drivers, you know, they're not going to strike because, you know, they're easily replaceable. You know, we're just numbers on a spreadsheet. Mm. And owner operators, you know, uh, well, they quit. What are they going to do? You know, they got to have loads to move. And unfortunately, when rates go down, they have to be real picky. And uh, they become the sharks of the group that have to uh, look around, find the best paying loads possible to survive. So the OOs aren't a big enough group anymore because 73 is the last mm -hmm. time that this had, I mean, that was a huge strike, right? I mean, that lasted a couple months. There were bricks, 70, there were deaths. Yeah, 73 there was, all was the big. That was the big one. And that's when OIDA was yeah. formed, right? OIDA came out of yeah. that and some other organizations came out of that. But 70% of the freight was hauled by OOs at that time. They were the backbone. Yeah. Yeah. The 73 was the big one. There was a smaller one in 79, but that was more dealing with uh, fuel prices. But, uh, Trying to get everybody organized for a full sit-down parking strike, yeah, that's uh, near, nigh impossible, in my opinion, you know. Especially and it, it, did bring up a great, it did bring up a great debate on social media, and especially inside the Twitter sphere, you know, different drivers, different groups commenting on it. Well, what did, what, did anything stand out to you that they said that you hadn't thought of? Uh, hadn't thought of, no, not really, but everybody was kind of like, there's everybody agreed like it's not gonna be impossible to get a be possible to get a full sit-in strike yeah justin it's you crazy. ever thought about striking you ever been like i'm not doing the mail today forget it no it's actually illegal uh for postal workers to strike so that's <laughs> only when it was raining outside well that only is when it was raining yeah, yeah you just sleeping. call you just call out for a few days well, <laughs> the other I, problem too is that you know social media isn't real life so no. as we see with like the train strikes it's not. or the supposed train strikes, you get these hotheads online that say, you know, strike, strike, strike. But then when the day comes, you know, it's like four guys. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Of course. It, yeah. It's just uh, four guys. And 
Um, I think one of the biggest issues you got going on there too is people have families, right? Like it's easy to think of like this sort of archetype of this like union truck driver who hates everything. But I think a lot of truck drivers understand the critical role that they play in United States commerce. And if a mass group of truckers really decide to grind things to a halt, that is a very, very serious decision that you, it's like, it's like when people go, oh, we should just stop these voters in that community by delivering our trucks there. It's like, that isn't the way supply chains work. Not to mention a lot of people be hurting their own families in doing things like that. Yeah, that's that's the wrong thing, right? That right there, the political thing, the problem with so many protests too, is like, I think it becomes very obvious to drivers like, okay, is this really about truckers or is this a political rally? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard to do anything without partisanship sinking in. And what's most frustrating is it, it doesn't take that many people. You know, with with the protests that we saw in Canada, it was like 100 plus guys. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, the government had to get super heavy handed trying to break up that protest. Yeah, they can gain uh, steam going downhill pretty, pretty quick. Does it speak to the makeup of the drivers now that back in 73? I mean, a guy pulled over at, at night, got on a CB the next day, 10 yeah. states were shut down. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Is it? Is it, are they less rebel, rebellious this year, and they're more responsible? As you, you know, you said they, they have the the weight of the economy on their shoulders. And they understand this, right? I don't, well, you had a lot less information sources and a lot yeah. less challenging information too. So yeah. you had someone who's highly influential that could organize people. Yeah. I mean, maybe it spreads that quickly through the CB. I guess it's just as bad as things are now. They just weren't as bad as they were then. So I don't know if we have to reach that point before you know something finally happens. <laughs> so parking or pickleball guys we got the guy who started the uh uh what was it uh, the punch bowl uh social places that that flopped during 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 covid but now he's going to build seventy five thousand square foot pickleball, uh, pickleball but camps I, but here's what i understand the description of this place is a, a camp. 1940s camp like were yeah. the 19 the, were the 1940s known for their camps like like, like you think of war like like war and stuff like i, I think don't know, of internment camps and camp. stuff like that i don't yeah, think of don't, anything it's not the image like i want in my like hey it's a night but they serve mexican food and, 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 play and pick, upscale it's such a weird camping food. <laughs> I don't know and upscale is. camping like do these things all go to i have no idea but they say no, but here's well here's the thing justin they say there's 136 pickleballers per court but there's only 11 uh, there's only what 11, there's 11 truck drivers per parking spot. Sorry. My noise is yeah. one, <laughs> one court, one court for every 134 pickleball players and one parking space for every 11 truck drivers. Yes. Now the new infrastructure bill with all these millions of dollars we're pouring into millions yeah. with an M, which is like nothing anymore. It's like 50 cents. Now we're going to take it all the way down to one parking spot for every eight drivers, which is going to make a huge difference. Well, how about this plan? How about they, we, <laughs> yeah. you let them build it? You let them build all these courts, but then what about Rooster? What if we then uh, annex, right? We take we eminent domain all the pickleball courts and turn to parking spaces. Amen. <laughs> I don't know how, well, how many spaces will we get out of those pickleball courts. No, seventy-five thousand seventy-five thousand square feet is each one of those. But they're covered, dude. They're covered. They're in a pavilion. So these are covered uh, out of the weather parking spaces we could annex. Yeah. I say we go for it, man. Take, that takes care go of a lot of these anti-idle laws. Bruce, what's the hardest time you ever had parking? Hardest time I've ever had parking? Uh, new uh, I-95, New Jersey. And I'm trying to remember which rest area it was on the turnpike, but it was closed. So I was... was uh, burning the clock out and luckily i made it up to one of the I believe it was exit six or seven 
to get over to Kearney to the New Jersey truck stop. But, you know, there's a place around the country very limited in truck parking. And, you know, we've got to see something change about it. Mm. Yeah, you know, it comes up and like Jason's on those things come up. And then I don't know. It seems like they're in the news article, but then like policy doesn't follow through. I know the ATA just had their their meeting and they were they're saying, oh, there's these big wins. And they they did mention parking <laughs> in there. But the amount so far that had been that has been added was piddly. I mean, it's nothing to begin with. And now it's still pretty low. So yeah, hopefully the amount some of money more, I, is not. A lot. Well, that's what makes me concerned is like, don't like say you're going to fight for more. Don't be like, hey, and we got this done and this done and this. Done. And that's sometimes the problem with the organizations, because sometimes the good things they say are the quiet part out loud. And it's like, oh, they're not going to fight for us anymore. They think this is good enough. Yeah. And it's not. It's, it's clearly not. not. When you do the math of how much it costs to build one parking space for a truck, the amount they made was not much. Can't they? I mean, look, they look, they're they're. Obviously trying to force this electrification down everyone's throat, whether you like it or not, into the detriment of trucking. So if they plan on doing this course without shutting down the country, they've got to put all these charging stations somewhere. Can't this maybe run off into parking? Like, can't you roll the two in together? Mm. You have to. I mean, you have to park to charge. Those electric spots aren't going to be cheap either. You know, no. you, they're going to need even more money. And I, you know, I'd hate to defend. I hate, I hate being the one to defend the ATA on anything. Yeah. But they're absolutely right on this uh, parking shortage. No, 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 they're right. What I'm saying is oh, like they were happy on. that they that they got a little bit towards it. But the question is like, should it's you be happy like bucket. we need more? No, it's a drop in the yeah. bucket. I, I think it was just it's a, a hard uh, sell. It's kind of a payoff here. Go away for a little while. Now, Brewster, I, I saw a thread yesterday and, and I knew that some carriers banned um, headsets, but I, I never really thought about why. It seems like headsets were what were kind of put in place and they're the compromise. So you didn't hold your phone when you were driving. Why do some companies ban headsets? Well, it takes away from your 360-degree awareness of the situation around you. You know, you got those uh, earmuffs over yours, especially if you got the over-the-ear variety. You can't really hear nothing. You can't hear the sound of the truck. You can't hear the noise from the vehicles around you. You can't hear police sirens. So a lot of uh, large carriers outright ban them. I know uh, I worked for a couple that I have and had very strict uh, – um, one company actually at the time had a instant termination policy. If they saw you with a headset on, they would literally yoke you out of the truck and send you home. Uh, oh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what, head, head, what headsets do, they, it fixes the hands-free laws that you have to do to use the digital devices while you're moving, you know. But the problem is you, uh, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You use a headset to use your phone or listen to music as you're going down the road. Well, guess what? You're violating a company policy. So uh, my recommendation, you know, get a Bluetooth speaker or be able to plug your phone into your but, truck's uh, sound dude, these, system. They've never been in my truck when I've been rocking uh, some transplants going down the road. Cause you ain't hearing no sirens. well do a lot of cabs have it like that bluetooth thing like you know like cars with apple play all those things you connect your phone to the speaker and then you just you just talk in the in the car yeah right like you don't need a headset or anything yeah i can imagine aren't that way yeah the current generation trucks come out to do they have upgraded the stereo system to have bluetooth in them i mean uh, unfortunately Creature comforts and trucks are kind of like second fiddle to actually being going down the road and getting high fuel mileage. Yeah, but yeah, we do. We have finally gotten out of the CD players and trucks and cassette tape players and trucks, and we now have Bluetooth. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't have Bluetooth, though, and you can't use a headset, what would you do? How do you communicate no. in that situation? Is it only when you're, you're parked? Can you use a CB? Well, technically, a CB microphone will work because it's, you know, grandfathered in through the laws. But oh, uh, basically, oh, they can't so that's that's not considered a, hands, a handheld. Yeah, because why? Like, why can't you wear a handset, but I can grab like a, a thing like that? How is that not distracting? Well, it's basically a part of the regulation. You know, you have to have some communication device in your truck, either FM radio or CB radio. Hmm. So that kind of slides them over to the side. But, you know, like I was saying, if you need to use a call, try to either wait till you get parked at a safe legal parking area or get a, you know, a 3.5 cable adapter or some other form of Bluetooth speaker that can has a microphone built into it. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I, Justin, you I, drive? Did you used to drive around with a Paradon? You had a blue Paradon on your head. Oh yeah, yeah. In the in the beginnings, I had one. Um, later on, you know, I started needing it less and less just because my routes were smaller, and if I needed to stay in touch, my amount of time between my stops wasn't wasn't all that long. But yeah, most companies nowadays, if they have a policy that bans headsets it's a lot harder for them to stay in touch with the drivers. So a lot of the guys are like, yeah, it's kind of in the rules, but you know, I still talk to my dispatchers. Wow. Interesting. All right. Guys, have you ever been to a corn maze before? Oh yeah. Just last uh, two weekends ago. <laughs> yeah, quite a few actually had one myself. You had one yourself. You've made your own corn maze. What, yeah. what is key to making a, oh. a good corn maze? Is it the same as making crop uh, circles? Well, yeah. Aerial photography, you know, being able to, <laughs> get somebody fly over, take a picture of it and then sketch out how to cut everything out. And the long, hard process of pulling tape measures across the field to stake everything off where you can cut it down. Okay. So you guys are, so you have a concealed carry, you know, a lot about corn mazes. You've been to corn mazes. So I can see you guys a panel of experts. So maybe you can tell me <laughs> how this happened. This is from the Duluth news tribune in St. Paul, a 30 old 38 year old man accidentally shot himself in the upper leg while at a Brooklyn Park, Minnesota corn maze on Saturday morning. The accidental shooting occurred around 1143 in the morning. Guy didn't even make it to lunchtime before shooting himself. Uh, the man had been near the corn pit and he saw a pile of shelled corn according to a sandbox. He was bending over at the waist, removing corn from his boot when uh, the firearm he was carrying on his hip shot him in the foot. Detectives are still working to see how it happened. The man was taken to the hospital. He did not die but he plexed go burst himself um how does that happen how did do, how does one shoot themselves while picking up corn uh sounds like a wrong size firearm for the holster you know uh holsters don't aren't uniform to all handguns so you know if you don't get the right size holster for the gun you know it could be too loose in there too tight and you know get yeah, leaned but... over just the right way and you no know, clip the trigger and you know there you go what about you, Justin? What's your theory? What do you think happened there? I need to know what his uh, blood alcohol content was uh, when yeah. this incident happened. <laughs> I know. I, that's uh, what I said. I, it sounds like it was almost made up, doesn't it? Like he shot I, I think himself. The more drunk like, is the less likely it corn. I think Maybe he was more trying to shoot the hole of corn or something. I, think, I don't know. I think if the guy was drunk, it would be less likely to happen because you'd fall over before he got the pressure on the gun. Well, maybe like a like an ear of corn. Could that happen? Like an ear of corn gets jammed in your holster on the but, trigger and like you're bending over. I, I don't mean, know. I I, I I look at I'm like I'm wondering what type of gun it was because it's it's nearly impossible to fire off a gun without putting your finger on the on the on the trigger. Yeah, I mean you, you load that thing up and cock it and throw it across the room. It's not firing unless you pull that trigger. 
And if the trigger guard's in there, interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm going with a modified gun. Interesting. Well, Old boys. Yeah, three yeah, yeah. Coming he's up. got we'll a modified pistol. We'll see you down here in a couple days. In the meantime, those of you traveling here, download, um, subscribe to What the Truck, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to us. There's a brand new Back the Truck Up podcast out today. Go subscribe to that. you got plenty of content Absolutely. to listen to. Go find us on Twitter at Back the Truck. You can see those guys there. You also got Super Truck or Rooster Beat to you. You can find me personally at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Download the Freightways TV app. And also, if you're coming at three, download that F3 app. They'll tell you where to go. Don't be a stranger and tell them how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. See you next week.